Hello and welcome to Home to Her, the podcast that's dedicated to reclaiming the lost and stolen wisdom of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Liz Kelly, and on each episode, we explore her stories and myths, her spiritual principles, and most importantly, what this wisdom has to offer us right now. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am Liz, joining you as usual from Central Virginia and the unceded lands of the Monica Nation. And I am so glad that you are here with me today. And so before we dive in, I want to let you know my new book, Home to Her, Walking the Transformative Path of the Sacred Feminine, is now available from Womancraft Publishing. Um, I've been saying this a lot, like it's coming, it's coming. And now I get to move into the, hey, it's here. It's so exciting. Um, This book is my love letter of sorts to the sacred feminine. It includes a lot of historical research that I've done over the years, plus some of my personal experiences and insights I've learned from hosting this show. And so you can buy it anywhere that you buy books, right? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, et cetera, et cetera. But I've been encouraging people to purchase it um, from my publisher, Womancraft, because this is a small woman-owned business. And I still want to suggest that you do that. Um, However, here's the thing. If you're reading the book and you like it, would you please consider leaving it a review uh, on Amazon or on Goodreads? Um, Much like reviews for this show, which I am always so grateful for those of you that are willing to take a moment to do that. um, It helps people find this information. And um, one of the reasons that I wrote this book was because I think when I started on this path, um, I was having a hard time finding information about the sacred feminine. So um, any way that we can help um, anyone who wants to learn, find it, I think I'm, I'm all for that. So in the words of, of one of my mentors, um, if it would be in your joy to leave a review, I would be most, most grateful. And any other time, I just love to hear from you too. So if you want to reach out to me about the show or about the book at any point, um, please do. You can always find me on social media or just send me an email, liz at home to her.com. And with that, let's get on with the show. So a friend introduced me to the work of my guest today. And once I spent some time reviewing all that she's created over the last several years, I knew right away that I wanted to have her join me on the show. And we'll get into all the amazing things she's doing. But what struck me immediately was how beautifully and powerfully she weaves together and dances with so many things that really came alive for me once I got on this journey with the sacred feminine. And that's things like music and storytelling, this deep love of nature and profound connection to all of life, um, divination and intuitive work and art. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the story medicine. The story medicine transmits stories through the medium of her voice foremost, but also as a ceremonialist and craftswoman of spiritual art. The story medicine's work not only expresses the sacred, but also acts as healing and protective. Her stories drip the oceanic smell of woman, womb, and earth. Exuding a primal, deeply maternal and emotional quality, her work often communicates the life cycle with a special emphasis on death and rebirth. It is her magic to challenge the way the world sees and relates to what we call woman. She currently lives in Tacoma, Washington, the Puyallup territory of the Coast Salish people, and she is joining us from her home there today. Story Medicine, thank you so much for being here. I've so been looking forward to this conversation. Oh, I'm so honored to be invited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Liz. Yeah. Well, um, I... Uh, listeners of the show will know I kind of always start in the same place, but I love to hear about people's spiritual backgrounds and their, mm-hmm. their journey, you know, sort of where you began and how, how you got to where you are today. So um, I'd love to start there if that works for you. Yes, I would love to. Um, well, I, you know, I, uh, I was a cradled Catholic. So I, I grew up in the church um and that's been a big part of you know uh my life so you know my my mother you know when they were still living in the philippines 
she uh, she was consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of the Mother when she was nine years old. Mm. Uh, uh, within her within her school, there was a group of Marians, so she became a Marian at age nine or so, and. Uh, you know, she tells me the stories of how she would, um, you know, sometimes not go out to play in recess time. You know, she would stay with the nuns inside and, and pray with them or just talk with them mm. or how she would. Yeah. The, the church is there. They don't have walls because it's so hot. Wow. And so she said, you know, I could also sit in the chapel, but see everyone play and hear everyone play. So you could sit or play, you know, mm-hmm. or both. And so she spent a lot of time, um, you know, uh, just in devotion. She always loved her faith very much. It was very deep for her from her childhood. And within her family, they prayed, um, you know, the rosary every day, if not more. So um, I grew up praying the rosary every day. I grew up um you know, loving my faith, wanting to be a saint, wanting to be a, a holy person, you know, it, it's like, it's just innate when you grow up, you know, that way. So I always held on to that, that love and that thread of um, the mother. And so it was through the Catholic Church, of course, that uh, I, you know, I came to know Mary, which evolved into a love of the earth and the goddess for me later in my life. Um, and I didn't even know that that's what was happening when it was happening. Of course, it was like only later through some, you know, deep work did she show herself to me and it was a big coming home mm-hmm. and it all really, you know, was a <laughs> very full circle at that point uh, and gave me a new, uh, yeah, a new, a new perspective of the church, a new perspective of, of everything really. So uh, that's the background is that I come from Catholic, cradled Catholic family, very Catholic family. And then that's on my maternal side. On my paternal side, um, you know, my my Russian grandmother, she, she was very different. It was, um, you know, she really instilled in me that, uh, <laughs> you know, the ocean was the church. The ocean was the place of worship. The ocean was where we we came back to to remember how loved we were Mm. and that was her way and that's what's been passed on to me and reverberates through my work um through my connection with the seaweed you know being this path home um and so her her way was it's your own way figure out what it is Mm. i was just so blessed to have such a good example and, and to have it passed down to me and then to be able to continue the work that she started. So I consider myself very, very privileged to have been raised by such spiritually powerful women. I mean, on my mother's side as well, my my Filipino grandmother, um, you know, she had 10 children. She was she had a very full life, but she when she came to this country, it was very important to her to go to school. So in the age of 60 years old, Liz, in the age of 60, she completed her Master's of Divinity at Seattle University. So I'm not joking when I say I've been raised by really spiritually powerful women who have, you know, been committed, committed to love. So, uh, you know, my mother's the uh, the eldest, the matriarch in the family, then me. Then I also have the oldest daughter. So um, I carry a lot in my role, um, in all my roles. Mm. But that's a bit, that's a bit of the story. Mm. <laughs> so beautiful. I'm just thinking what a, what a great gift to be raised by um, powerful spiritual women um, who it sounds like are... Um, you know, even your your description of your mother and her experience with Mary in the Catholic Church. Um, there's so many people that I feel like I've talked to over the years who felt like, or maybe they found, it, 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 well, I guess they felt a little um, 
coerced into their faith perhaps, or that, or mm -hmm. that was the only path. And I, mm -hmm. I hear you saying something different, you know, like, mm -hmm. and so what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing to have in your family and to, to be gifted mm -hmm. and to see that as a child and growing up. Well, I mean, I think that's part of our, 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 our work is to continue to evolve spirituality over time and what is really, uh, possible now, what will be possible in the future? Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. Well, and I want to ask you, so you, you said, you know, you kind of started off with this, um, devotion to Mary or knowing Mary, and then that got, you, she became, you know, bigger, like this concept of the nature. And, and so I wonder if you could speak more about that. Cause usually the next kind of question that I ask people is, is how did the sacred <laughs> feminine become part of your life? And so yeah. I think that's, that's, that's kind of, yeah. Where I'm at. yeah. So, uh, well, so when I really started making more time for my art, uh, I was, uh, I mean, just entranced by woman, just woman. And so everything was coming out as that. Um, and for me, the connection to woman, to mother is the kelp, right? As the womb, the seaweed as the womb, you know, the ocean, all those other threads, right? I've talked about are in there. Um, so it wasn't until I was working on my second, uh, the second tarot deck in my series, the story medicine tarot series, I was working on animal woman and, and, and there was so much shape-shifting uh, power coming forward and, and being made known to me and, uh, I'm not sure if I had completed it or not yet, but I was in, uh, I was in trance. I was in trance. I was in ceremony and, and, uh, and there was the mother and, and her face was changing, changing, changing. And not all the faces were pleasant. I should say some were very, very frightening. Um, but I wasn't scared. And if she was changing, 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 again, mind you, this comes through animal woman and the shape-shifting powers that were being made known to me. So her face is changing, changing, changing. And I'm watching her and she's cloaked in a big black cloak, all these folds, all these folds. And she's just enormous. And I'm so small at that point. I'm so tiny, you know, and I'm watching and her face is changing, changing. And I'm just, I don't even understand what's happening, but I'm, I'm just seeing it. And then she became Mary and I just cried and I just cried and I just cried. And, and she said, it's always been me. It's always been me. And that was the full circle when I really understood. Um, okay, like I've never because I think I think what happens when we when we grow up in the church and then we um, we take space or we step away or we question is that you know oftentimes we feel like we've done something wrong or we feel like we're um, you know, um, how do you say it? Like ungrateful or we're, or we're, um, betraying a heritage. Yes. Yes. You know, that has really been not necessarily bad, right. But just whatever it was. And so that was a huge, uh, landing in my body and a huge landing in the earth and the rest of my work moving forward. I, I really, um, uh, nothing felt separate anymore. And from that moment on, I could connect with my mother again on a, in a spiritual way um, mm -hmm. that I couldn't before. Uh, it was just like everything came back together and I knew how to speak to it. I knew how to uh, move with it. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of, that was the big moment. That was the big moment. And I, I, like I said, I was working with woman. I was working with womb. I was working with, but I just, um, 
you know, a lot of times we can we can read about something or or somebody could share about something, but it's it's those very deep personal spiritual experiences when you're in ceremony or you're in trance that it finally lands and integrates in the body and you say, okay, and you're forever changed from that. So that's what that, um, that particular, uh, time was. Mm, So beautiful. So beautiful. It's interesting too. I've, um, you know, been on my own journey and now feel that I have, I, I, it's almost like I went really broad, uh, you know, with my seeking, cause I felt like all of that I had been given from, um, the Christian church was too narrow. Like it's just, mm-hmm. well, in my, I was proud. I was raised Protestant. So there was no divine feminine in, in that. Um, so I would really, you know, like to, um, sacred feminine as void, you know, mm-hmm. just like yeah. the, the all encompassing all mm-hmm. and stayed there for, I mean, well, I'm still there, you know, but, <laughs> um, but then sort of as the years progressed, Mary kind of showed up as one of her many faces. I was thinking, as you were saying, changing, changing, changing of, of like, you know, Octavia Butler and the, um, you know, God has changed. And I think Starhawk has written the same thing, change the goddess has changed, touches mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, um, Mary has, she kind of showed up as a way to keep the connection with my own ancestral people. Cause I was really struggling with that. Like how on earth do I have a connection with my ancestors when what I believe feels so foreign, um, to what I think their experience was. And she's been the, she's been the connection. And so I've started praying the rosary as well. I've been doing that for the last few years, but, um, a divine feminine inspired one that is yes. just so much bigger to me than, um, Oh yes. You know, any, any kind of box we might try to put her in with a religion. I recreated a rosary. It was, uh, it was, uh, it's on my website. I'll send I, it to you. I saw it. It's, yeah. it's, it looks stunning, but can you tell people about it? Cause yeah. I was reading the description. Well, I'll, tell, it's amazing. I'll tell you the story of it. I'll tell you the story of it. Cause it's really kind of cool. So, um, I was actually, uh, at our beach house, our family beach house, and I was there on, on retreat doing some creative work. And I, at that particular year, uh, so I, I, I walk with a different um, woman every year. So that particular year, I was walking with Guadalupe. Mm. And so uh, I, I went there, you know, and I thought I was going to be working on these things. But then I started working on something else. And I was like, what am I even working on? You know, but whatever, you know, let it flow. So it, it came out. And uh, it was that rosary. And I only later found out that I channeled it on her feast day, the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh. So I really felt like uh, that was part of our work together, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, in so many ways, she's close to me with that green cloak and the connection that I have to the Celt mother and the green woman. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just you know, it's just a uh, part of my joy to share that, uh, you know, that practice of the rosary, um, because I know the miracles that, that, you know, come from that, that practice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Absolutely. You know. And then when I did that, it was amazing to see how many women came forward and said, I made my own rosary, I made my own rosary, and all the prayers that have been, uh, that are being recreated, that makes yes. me very excited. Yes, 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 yes. It is a, a beautiful thing too, right? And you you already alluded to this, like um, our spirituality should be evolving and that's the dance, yeah. isn't it, right? To weave, like to not, I mean, at least for me, to not throw away um, the wisdom or even the perspectives of my ancestors. Like I want to mm-hmm. hold that and also recognize mm-hmm. that we're in a really different time and how can mm-hmm. these prayers and these practices evolve to support um where we are and, and where we need to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear from you about, um, you've already mentioned your tarot. Um, mm-hmm. so I wonder if you could walk us through, I know that you've got a new deck out, but as I understand it's, it's, um, it, it's also part of like a four, four deck kind of in one, mm-hmm. um, series, right? So can you tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 2018, uh, I was doing uh, quite a bit of these readings. I called them story readings. I read over 100 stories that year. Uh, I had a dream. 
the tarot came to me and said, work with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did a hundred, I, I told over a hundred stories that year. It was really wonderful. And, um, but during that time, I didn't really feel very connected to a lot of the imagery uh, that, that was available to me. And uh, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll create it. And I had seen another uh, sister recently creating cards. And I thought I could do that. I think I can do that. Um, let me try and do that. So I set out and then about, uh, yeah, I think it's two thirds or so into the creation or maybe it was, uh, yeah, somewhere in the creation, I had a huge breakdown, Liz. I was just like, what is this? Who is going to need to see this? This artwork is not consistent. This looks so amateur. Just a lot of thoughts, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of worry. So uh, I had to sit in that void (laughs) for quite some time. And uh, from there, uh, I decided to two things. I decided to accept where I was artistically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and then also to embrace my desire to grow and evolve. And so I said, okay, uh, I will take this journey three more times. So the vision was to take the creation journey, this journey I call the journey into woman. Um, I'm going to take it three more times. So each deck would be dedicated to a sacred direction on the wheel, woman as the wheel. That's what the journey to woman is, woman as the wheel. And so uh, the vision was that it would be the first uh, mix and match tarot deck available in the world, all with the same fire mosaic back. So that's what made it unique, um, was that you could pick from any of the work that I've done and build your own, you know, weave your own tarot deck. Wow. And so that's the journey I've been on uh, since 2018 and that I just completed here with Seaweed Sisters. Uh when I released it. Yeah. With the last new moon. Yeah. I was looking at some of your artwork. Well, and yes, I want to talk about your documentary too, but I was looking at some of your artwork online. It's just so stunning. Um, I I wonder if you could talk to us too. You mentioned it already kelp, your relationship Mm -hmm. with kelp and sort of the, from the womb of, I guess, ocean mother, but could you, could you talk more about that and how you work with it and how you see it? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, for me, the connection has always been there, you know? Uh, I believe that I am from eternity. I am from forever. So it's as ancient as it ever could be. Um, You know, it's, it's, uh, it's very, very deep. But in this lifetime, uh, you know, my, my very first memories, You know, I remember, this is my paternal grandmother. I remember, I remember my little hand in her big hand and what her skin felt like. And I remember walking up and down and up and down the shores with her. You know, I I remember the sound of the waves, the sound of the seagulls, the caw of the seagulls and you know the salt and the cold water and the cold sand underneath my feet you know and I remember um you know gathering the kelp and um playing with the kelp and um you know my my paternal grandparents were very good about uh taking uh each of their well they took their own children there and my grandmother retreated there that was her once per year self-retreat and at that time in the 1950s it was a big deal to like go leave your family and do something for yourself you know so so that was very bold of her and but she always did that she always took her children raised her children out there and then when she had us the grandchildren she would take one of us at a time and we would go out there and she would have that one-on-one with us but you know um it was it was different though with me and her uh, because we were each other's favorite, you know. And she loved me like the ocean. She loved me like the ocean, you know. Um, and that love really taught me about the mystery of life. Yeah. 
you know that's been the that's been the most prominent thread for me um so you know she there was a time where uh i asked her later as i got older i said mima someday you know are you gonna die i asked her uh as an older child and she said well yes she said someday i'm gonna go home hmm. and that has just always stuck with me um and it's a big part of my journey is what is home where is home what is the path home so you know that's also something that reverberates through my work is the homecoming and it, it's not a, you know it's a it's a it's a it's a cyclical journey. It's a continued journey. It's not like a, oh, I'm on my way home once I get there, right? It's a it's a continued journey, the never-ending journey, the forever journey of coming mm-hmm. home. So, you know, the the connection to the seaweed, like I said before, the seaweed for me is the path home. Mm. It's the path home. Her hair is the path home. You know, her bulb is the womb. You know, and and her green lives within me. It just lives within me. I can't explain it any other way. You know, I'm just I'm, I just know that I am here, on a soul level to share it. I know that with every everything in me, and 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 I, uh, you know, even if I try to go out and explore other things, it just it just comes back around. You know, to the kelp. So that has happened many, many times. And so uh, now I just live here. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So, and you said come back around made me think of um, the journey home. I mean, I think of it as a spiral, right? It's not, yeah, it's just, and it's, and it just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then with your seaweed sisters, mm-hmm. um, Dak, tell Tell me how, tell me how that deep connection to the kelp, you know, kind of pulled through that creation and and the final, the final product. Uh, it couldn't not, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's just in there. It's, um, you know, each card is a ceremony inside kelp mama. Um, you know, the women are green, you know, they have this long hair that never ends, um, you know, it just reaches into forever, you know, they have these, these tears that that cry into forever, this milk that flows into forever, this blood that, you know, uh, flows into forever. So, uh, you know, the, it, it's, I think, just a more honed in expression of what I have been trying to do. Um, and that's why, you know, this journey into woman is so special to me is because each time that we, uh, you know, we, we, we commit to saying, okay, I'm going to come home to myself. Um, although it's a continued journey, I do feel that there's a deepening every time. I do feel that there is um, a sinking in, you know, a greater knowing. I do feel that uh, there is, there is expanse. Um, so yeah, this, this deck is really just the, you know, the evolution of this, this journey that I started in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and then you've made a documentary about it too. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So that was kind of just to, <laughs> you know, do something to complete it and also to really share. I really wanted to share uh, how, how deep and how emotional it it is to create something in this world, you know, how vulnerable that is. And, um, and to share that, that process. Um, and so that, yeah, that was, that's new for me. Um, and, uh, it was very vulnerable. I put in a lot of parts that I would rather just have cut out (laughs) that I didn't like. Um, and so, yeah, so far so good. We have lots of love pouring in, a lot of re- you know, a lot of resonance, um, and uh, yeah. Yes, and I will be sure to put a link to it in the show notes too, so Thank people you. can check it out for sure. Um, 
So the other, well, there's many things I want to talk to you about, but um, <laughs> the other thing that's coming up right in this moment, well, actually, no, I don't want to move away from the tarot just yet. I want to ask about, um, so I referenced in my intro, you know, this uh, divination mm -hmm. and uh, like yes. working with our intuitive wisdom. That was something mm -hmm. that definitely came online for me when I, uh, as part of my own journey with sacred feminine um, mm -hmm. knowing and wisdom. And so I'm curious for you, if you, uh, I don't want to. I, I'm not trying to box in tarot or divination specifically, but I'm, I'm wondering if for you that you, if you see or feel a specific connection to tarot and what it means for you to, to be woman and embrace mm, mm. woman. Well, okay. So when I, when I first started this journey uh, and when I first started uh story medicine tarot, I, I didn't, this is how the journey into woman came about. Okay. So I started this tarot deck. I was like, all right, I'm going to try and do this. And when I was, uh, so, so the way I created it, the very first one was I, uh, I created this, the swords. Okay. And then I created the cups. I created the pentacles and then I created the wands and the the majors in that first deck were just sprinkled throughout as themes in the stories. So anyway, I, I was in the cups I was walking through the forest. I was channeling story and I just, <gasps> I just, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm inside of woman right now. Mm. And so that's when I, that's when the wheel came forward for me in my work. So it was, so it was dropping in through the opening of the head right into the swords, which was the crown, the third eye, the throat, the mind. All right. Um, and so many other, so many other things, right. And archetypes uh, with that, and then dropping down into the cups, into the heart space. Right. And then dropping further down into the pentacles, right. Into the spine and the core, the center, and then dropping all the way down into the, the wands and the womb and from there the fire all the way back up and we start again mm. so that was the path um that came forward and i've just been on it ever since and so with the, those points right there are the the directions and like i said many other correlations and so for me the the north is the mind the south is the heart Okay, the west is the spine and the center, and then the east is the womb. And, you know, anyone who, you know, there, there's many different wheels. So that's the wheel that I was on and the way that I was traveling it. And so um, I don't remember your question now, but uh, that that that's where I was going. So what was the question? I think your answer again, the question was sort of this connection between tarot and your understanding of woman. Yeah, okay, you know? yeah. yeah. So, so um you know, I have four kids. Sometimes my, you know, it's just like, I don't remember what I'm saying. So I um, understand <laughs> happens all the time. I get it. What are, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you. So, yeah. So, it, so what I'm saying is that through the tarot, I, I, I came into a uh, woman's body. And so I think that the tarot uh, has been, you know, this beautiful uh, set of bones mm. in which, uh, you know, the story is, are the flesh and the blood and, uh, you know, in which, uh, we get to, yeah, you know, create the story of our life. It's, it's really, uh, been like that for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I, I wanted to, I actually realized as you were talking, I'm like, do you, would you mind giving us maybe just for, I don't know if I have any listeners that don't know what tarot is. I, but if you don't, I want to make sure you're not lost. So could you give us like kind of the 30 second overview of what are we talking about here? Well, yeah, the, I mean, the tarot, right, has 78 cards. There's four different suits. Um, and uh, yeah, right. There are the swords, the cups, um, the pentacles and the wands. They each are symbolic for different aspects of, of um, life. And then there's the, of course, the, the face cards, uh, you know, that correlate with uh, those suits. And so in the story medicine tarot, right? Um, okay, well, I'm giving introductions. So I don't want to confuse anyone, but it, no, those I, four archetypes, yeah, those yeah. four archetypes, right? The page, which in story medicine tarot, we say the daughter, mm. 
Yeah. The knight, which in story medicine tarot we call the young mother. Okay. And then there's the queen, which in story medicine tarot we call the goddess mother. Mm. And then there is the king. And in story medicine tarot, we call this the grandmother. So fourfold goddess. Mm -hmm. So there's those face cards within the suits. And then there's the major arcana, which they are themes, the journey of life. Mm -hmm. So that's a short, yes. short. No, that's great. And it's been, and, and tarot as a tool um, has, has been around. I don't like the word tool, but you know what I'm trying to say? Um, <laughs> has, has been around for what, like a thousand years or so, right? I mean, it is a, it's a, got a long and beautiful history. Mm -hmm. I'll, um. I'll, I'll see if I can throw something in the show notes. If those of you are cool. you know, looking for just kind of background on tarot in general, so that we, you know, all are on the same page, so to speak. Um, well, and I, I wanted, I wanted to ask you as well about um, this idea of personal myth. Um, mm -hmm. I know that that's something that's important to you. And I'm wondering what that what that means to you. Like I, when I hear personal myth, I kind of think of like, uh, archetypal work and wisdom, but I don't know. Is that what you're, is that what you're referring to? Well, the, the teaching that I carry is, uh, you know, uh, from my teacher, you know, uh, Jean Tagavan, who says our life is a story. Mm. Our life is a story. So that's really it. I mean, yeah, it's full of archetypes and all kinds of things um, for sure, you know, but it's it's what we're creating. So within my own uh, exploration of that teaching, you know, and yeah, it's, it's you know, the, the idea that, yeah, every every moment is a creation story. We're in continuous creation. So can we be aware of that? Can we remember that, that, right? You and I, we're creating this whatever we're doing right now, it's being created. So, mm -hmm. you know, staying in the power, that sacred power of, I am always creating with my thoughts, my feelings, you know, my words. Um, so there's a lot of power in that. And that's really, uh, you know, what I share and what I, what I, um, I live for is just that continuous creation story and that goes back within my own family too you know my my grandmother my mom always talks about how in the Philippines my grandmother would always invite the kids come on come on come on come on the bed come on the bed come on everybody and she's like okay where do we want to go where do we want to go okay who do we see who do we see now who do we see mm. so you know she was always evoking the storyteller evoking our sacred imagination so I I really grew up you know I grew up with that you know my my grandmother took me to my first storytelling circle around 10 years old you know my mother even now um it's like you know everything has a story everything has a story it's all about the stories. Mm -hmm. It's all about the stories, you know, which are, we could also say energies, you know, and they're protective, mm -hmm. they're sacred. You know, it's like when you, if you ever are around older people, you might notice they tell the same things over and over, the same stories over and over. That's their sacred memory. That's what mm -hmm. keeps them well. Mm -hmm. That's what they want to remember. You know, so, so that kind of repetition, the power of that, right? It's a practice. It's a personal practice. So what are you telling? What are we telling over and over? Um, yeah, from, from wherever we are. What is that? Um, oh, yeah. This brings up so many things for me. So, so many thoughts. One is um, how we've how we've outsourced so many things and so, okay. you know, like we've, we've put it in the hands of, um, Hollywood or, you know, like, or, or we've and just, it, which that's not bad. I think we learn things from those stories too, but it's almost like it, it gets put in the hands of experts or somebody, you know, who's mm -hmm. going to turn it into a career or, or something that's totally intertwined with capitalism, um, when it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be. And like what we've, lost by not kind of seeing that in our, in our own lives and our own, mm -hmm. our own selves. Well, you know, I think it's, li I think it's li Libra, Libra. Oh my gosh. I feel so bad. I can't remember. But anyway, the quote is you can Google the quote and figure out who says this. She says, um, 
yeah, story is the most powerful force on earth. And I really believe that. And so, yeah, of course, there's an abuse of power with story. Of course, this is, you know, right now, story is mostly used to sell things to people. That's yes. the way that it's used. So um, there's a huge uh, uh, reclaiming of power, you know, when we say, oh, wait, this is my story. I'm the main character and I am sovereign unto myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, we're all creators. We're all storytellers, you know, yes. it, whether people believe it or not, it's true. Yes. You're also making me think about the, um, potential malleability, I guess, of other stories that we've told. Like I, I'm going to have, um, the writer Sophie Strand on a super on a on a future episode, and um, it, for those that aren't familiar with her work, she's got a book coming out where she's reimagining a lot of divine masculine myths. Yeah, and and it's been so refreshing to see. Um, and and she's intentionally reimagining these, like she's taking oh, yes. you know these stories that meant one thing and and digging into them. And saying, what if we focus on this piece instead, or what, what are, what's actually going on here? Because there's always layers as well. And so, mm-hmm. um, it makes me think of, of like those stories, the myths that we've told in our past too, that, that those are changeable and they get to, um, be updated and evolve with us as well. Mm-hmm. It's, a. Uh... I don't remember her full, full name. Obviously I'm not good with names. It's Rochelle Garcia, I think innate traditions right? Um, she, she says, we live in this time of um, repair. We live in this time of repair. And so what, hearing you, um, you know, talking about uh, this woman's work that she's doing, I, I really do think that that's what our generation is in the midst of, is we're untangling a lot. We're untangling a lot. And then we're considering how can we reweave this into something uh yeah, something new, uh, you know, something healing, something nourishing, right? Um, something relevant. And and so that our children can take the threads into forever, right? And 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 weave in, you know, something weave onward, right? With mm-hmm. a with a with a clearer heart, you know, with more possibility, right? Um, so I, I think that we're in this time of untangling a lot you know, and then considering, okay, how can we reweave this? Oh, yes. I, I feel that so strongly, even down to the, the imagery that you're working with, with the knots. And I yes. just, it's a, it's, it's a visceral presence in my body and it's a visual yes. thing that I, I see and sense too, yes. very much. So the other thing I was thinking of, as you're talking about this is, um, now I want to tell a little story about a story. Uh, we, all the stories. <laughs> we did um, our family uh, Day of the Dead celebration. We always do it the day after oh, Halloween. Really? It's just easy for the kids. You know, my kids are eight and 11. And um, this year for me, it was really, um, I had a tremendous amount of sadness come up and nobody has passed recently. It was not any different in that way, but I think that I felt, I felt the presence of my ancestors so strong strongly. And there was just a deep sadness of, you know, that, that I can no longer be with these people who have meant the world to me and their love got me here. And so, but what was really neat is we were, we were sitting around the table and my eight-year-old son is like, um, let's tell a story in the round about our ancestors. Mm. And it starts with a knock on the door and they start to arrive, you know, one by one. And, um, and each of us, you know, took a piece of it and talked about what they would do. And, um, you know, my, how my husband said that, you know, ugh, God, I'm going to cry at this, but his, um, his mother, you know, gave me a locket that she had been wearing in the picture on our altar. And my mm-hmm. father took my husband out in the backyard and taught him how to chop wood. And, you know, we were just imagining these things and it suddenly, well, first I didn't feel sad anymore. I felt just elated, you know, just how beautiful. And, um, it also really underscored to me this, this storytelling is innate. My eight-year-old just came up with this. Like it took no prompting. It was, it was just right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. I'm so happy for you guys. That sounds so wonderful. <laughs> it was lovely. It involved by the end, you know, we've got a picture of my, uh, let's see, like third, fourth, fifth grandmother, I think back on our family. Yeah, altar. Wow. It, it, it involved her arriving in a spaceship. It was pretty, it was a pretty spectacular. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I can't even funny. imagine how happy your ancestors were. <laughs> oh gosh. I hope so. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was really, really, it was really special. Um, so then it got me thinking though, just about like reclaiming this whole idea of storytelling and, um, how do we do that? I, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, clearly this is your life's work, right? Or a mm -hmm. huge part of it. Um, yeah. How do you see us sort of bringing this forward into our lives? Well, there's yeah. um there's a little uh, piece of the documentary where um I share how my son was um <laughs> you know offering me these marbles, and he was like, "Would you like a memory marble?" And so he says, you can put a good memory in it and then remember it. And so, um, you know, I think, I think to, to be sovereign unto ourselves is to remember that we are the water and that we are full of memory. And so what do we want to remember? Yeah. Right. So like, you know, thinking, thinking about that, what, 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 what do we need what do we want to remember and to continue calling on those stories to continue returning to the fire and those stories? Mm -hmm. Because when we do that, um, you know, it, it, it grows in us. There's this song that I always sing. The, uh, the songs are the seeds grow in me. Remember in me a garden, a chorus of life. So let the stories grow in you. Let them grow in you. Have, give them a place, a home within you, within your body to grow. And then from there, the stories, you know, they continue. Like I said, we're in a continuous creation story. I think, I think what is, um, what makes me feel inspired about living in the present is that um, it, it won't happen again. Yeah. That's why I say it, it only happens once. It only happens <laughs> once, you know, uh -huh. you could try, you could try to recreate it, but it only happens once, you know? So in that way, it is sacred. Every moment is ceremony. Your life is a ceremony. Your life is a prayer. Everything is sacred. Um, you know, and you're always telling a story like, you know, that what you just told me, that's something you're going to remember. That's something you're going to say this one, this one day of the dead, we went around and we told stories and who knows what that becomes. Maybe that becomes, uh, maybe that unfolds. You do it again next year. Maybe you don't, but you know, mm -hmm. it's being open to the power of story, you know, and, and what, what could be possible, what could happen, what magic could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so <laughs> I think we have to, yeah, I think we have to remember, uh, you know, that, yeah, that we, that we hold so much sacred power, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so what do we, what do we want to give ourselves to? Mm. I'm thinking of like, uh, you know, well, I mean, the words, the never ending story came to mind, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> and now I have that song in my head, but, um, but um, that feels the way you're talking about this feels really different to me than, well, so I've done archetypal work before and, and yeah. where you, you're not staying in one archetype, you know, like my training was like a so priestess initiation program where we spent one full moon in each of these 13 archetypes, um, divine feminine archetypes. Mm -hmm. But I, it, one of the things that's felt a little challenging to me with archetypal work, or it can be. And I think this is just my orientation, you know, it's like, I, I, okay, I'm going to be this one thing and I'm, and I'm not <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, and nobody is right. Like whenever right. we, we try to put ourselves in a box, um, I mean, I think of the ocean, I actually wrote about this in my book, the ocean to try 
pouring an ocean into a box and see how that's going to work for you. Right. So I love the way you're talking about storytelling. And I think of this never ending story is that we are constantly now bring back in your shape shifting woman, you know, shifting Mm -hmm. and shaping Mm -hmm. and the stories are taking us in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this, we need new goddesses. Mm. I mean, watch the documentary. Yes. Okay. Uh, but I watched part of it, but I'm not done yet. Yeah. yeah say more, I mean, please. To everyone, watch it. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, there's kind of a surprise at the end where I say I'm in devotion to this goddess. Mm. Okay. But I just want to say we need new goddesses. We need new archetypes. Rest, dream, take care of yourself. We need new stories and visions, and we need new goddesses. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have many to call on, right? Many ancestresses that we can call on. But we, uh, and not even like we need new goddesses. Step into the goddess you already are. Mm-hmm. You know, come forward. Mm-hmm. Come forward, create that story. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it look like? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. You, as a living goddess. What could that possibly look like? I mean, I don't know. That's what I'm exploring right now. Yeah. But I, I was going to say we need it. Yes. I know that we need it. I know that, that, that it's time. Yeah. There's something there to me too, about, um, multiplicity, you know, like there's, uh, okay. Let's see if I can, sometimes I have thoughts and like, they don't really make it out of my mouth all, all that well, time. all the time. I'm like, what am I? <laughs> I'm like, this feels so clear up here. Can I get it out of my mouth? Um, well, I guess I'm thinking, and, and I keep I, the, the, this, this image of the box is keeps coming mm-hmm. back and like, you know, mm-hmm. our, our need for labels and how right. they help us make sense of a world that is so incredibly massive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think of the, what I think of as the divine, we could call it energy. You can call mm-hmm. it whatever you want, mm-hmm. but it is so large that to try and understand it from our little, mm-hmm. um, human being place, we, we need mm-hmm. these la- labels and boxes. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet those things can become constraining to us. So when you talked about, we need new goddesses and step into the living goddess that you already are, I guess what I was thinking of there too, is this idea of, of multiplicity, you know, and not like maybe learning from those, categories and places in which our ancestors have taught us and these, these archetypes that have existed Mm -hmm. throughout time, learning from them, but also not feeling limited by them because I guess the story of humanity is never, hopefully is never ending, right? Like if we make it out of, um, and I think we're all, these are all, um, prisms, you know, of the mm -hmm. same rainbow light. Yes. Mm. So there's also that part of it where it's like, yeah, it's this one thing, but it's connected to the whole. So yes, remembering that, yeah, that we're not, again, we're not separate from anything. And it's Mm -hmm. that, that's our, I think on a spiritual level, that is the biggest wound that we all have right now that, that we are trying to heal as humanity is this wound of separateness. I just really, you know, so as much as we can remember that it all belongs it all belongs. We're not separate from anything. Yes, there's duality. Yes, there's polarity, but it all belongs, you know, mm-hmm. and it's okay. We can live in our wholeness. It's safe to live in our wholeness. Yes. Oh, you're just all of a sudden, I'm getting all these ideas. I'm like, oh, someone needs to tackle the story of creation. Someone needs to retell <laughs> that story, you know? <laughs> well, that's what I mean though. It's every time to- it's every, it's every second. Yes. The story of creation is really every second. Yes. But I'm thinking back to those old stories too, that we have, right. Of like the Christian creation myth, you know, and the exile, Uh, you're talking about the story of separateness and the exile from the garden and how we were thrust out and what a beautiful and powerful and brave thing it would be to come at that story from a different angle. Um, yeah, it's all yours, Liz. (laughs) I know I'm now getting some ideas. A new project. I know. (laughs) Like, yes, that would be so much fun. Um, And I just read this most beautiful poem, and I'll put it in the show notes the other day, where it was um, a story. It's it was the perspective of the sirens, the Greek sirens, you know, whose songs would lure men to crash into the rocks, and um, and so from the perspective of the sirens, it's just they're just singing. 
They're not there to destroy you. They are enjoying the beauty of their voices. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was really neat to see. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What um, are there stories? Hmm, let's see if I'm going to ask this right. Are there stories that are bubbling up for you now or either like, you know, mm. where's your, where's your personal story at? Or are there larger stories yeah, that are calling my you? personal story at? That's a great question. Um, well, you know, right now I'm in this space of just having finished this big project like you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm in this, uh, I'm in a very spacious place right now. You know, I've just emptied out. I've just, <laughs> you know, emptied out, poured out a lot. And, um, and I notice how much I love, um, yeah, just this, just this quiet, you know, just this quiet and this stillness of there being uh, nothing to create whilst also burning to create the next, you know, the next thing. I have this huge canvas behind me, you know, mm -hmm. just, I went out and got it not that long after I released the project, you know, so just holding that, um, holding that polarity for myself right now, that duality of wow, this is, it feels so good to be uh, empty in this vessel right now, not having to give myself to anything, just being able to just, yeah, just be in this hollow vessel, not having to do, um, you know, not having to push or, or just, 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 just to be mm -hmm. in this body with, um, just all this quiet, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, to also, it's like, ooh, you know, I can also feel, you know, I can feel the fire, um, the fire in me, mm -hmm. you know? So that, I mean, that's where I am right now. Mm -hmm. That feels very seasonal too, you know, the, the kind mm -hmm. of the quiet, the rest as we head into this, this, well, mm -hmm. at least for those of us in the Northern hemisphere who are listening, you know, as we head into, so we're recording this in early November, 2022. So it feels like, yeah, that, that feels that's alignment generally, that's generally the way that I'm working now is that I'm, I'm creating most of, you know, the, the year. And then I'm sharing when it's storytelling season and this season is when I put out work to you know be warming for the upcoming season so that's oh, I love that, that is my cycle oh I love that that's that's <laughs> really beautiful do you find that your creative inspiration I know that you mentioned that tarot came to you and your dreams do you find yeah. that it comes to you in your dreams or <clears throat> is it a combination of places through ceremony or or how does it oh, yeah how does it come to you I mean I've always been a big dreamer so uh you know Yes, but yes, also through ceremony and really, you know, everything is uh, at this point feeding my creativity. I mean, this conversation we're having now, there's so much, there's so much beauty here. There's so much inspiration here, you know, um, it, it, it's everything. It's all of life. All of life continues to inspire, inspire me, even just, you know, the sun coming up another day. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know? So uh, really, truly everything, you know, life inspires me. Life inspires me. I'm, I, I guess that's one of the gifts I came in with is I, you know, I, I am a lover of life. I, 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 you know, I want to make love to this life. It's, it's very natural for me. Mm -hmm. mm, I love that. I was just thinking, as you say this, as you're saying this too, I was just telling a friend who also hosts a podcast that we were, we were marveling at how wonderful it is that we get to be in conversation with so many amazing people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, I love humans. I love humans so much. That's a core part of my story after every one of these, you know, just the, the beauty of people and the ways in which they're expressing themselves. It's such a, wow. it's such an amazing thing and such a fantastic gift for me to get to witness it and be part of it. So 
I'm so grateful mm-hmm. to you for sharing your, all your gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us you have, you have a program coming up, don't you? Something, um, yeah, let me talk about it because it's not really a program. It's 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 more of a, a container, a sacred container. So yeah, this journey into woman uh, work, this mentorship work was folding alongside the creation of Story Medicine Tarot. So when I first started the tarot deck, right, like I said, it, it evolved. I also had started a mentorship that year. Um, and it was supposed to just be a year-long uh, walk. And as the tarot deck unfolded, the mentorship, you know, also unfolded into four years, like, you know, as the deck unfolded into four decks, the journey unfolded. Okay. You know, four years of self-study each year, you know, you're, you're dedicating yourself to be an apprentice of that sacred direction. Yes. And you're, and you're, you know, in, in four years, you're completing a giant wheel. Of course, there's journeys within the journey, right? But that's the, that's the container. <clears throat> Although people, you know, uh, can work with me for a shorter time if they want. Some people want to only work together for, they know coming in, they only want to work together for one year or two years. That's okay too. Um, you know, some people are more connected to the intention of the container than others. And that's okay. Um, but really it's just an it is just an open space of course i pour in all the gifts that i that i possibly can and there are many um and i know that i am a powerful witness so there's that part of it uh you know the the eyes that i have are uh you know it's something Mm -hmm. and so so it's really a container. So everyone comes in with, they're working on whatever they want to work on, right? So again, that shape-shifting ability, uh, you know, some are working on, yeah, bringing their creations into the world. Some are really focused more on their emotional health and what they're going through in their life and making sure that they're returning to themselves and taking care of their emotions, having a space to be able to um, feel, like deeply, deeply feel and um, you know, others are, you know, on, on a motherhood journey, um, maybe expecting a child, you know, so it's different for each person, uh, you know, and I work with the whole, the whole, uh, every stage of womanhood. So everybody's in a different place. And then of course, you know, I share, I'm very open. So I share everything I possibly can that I know about, uh, life, you know, the teachings, I have a lot. So I share all that when it uh, presents itself, that it would be a time that someone would, would uh, uh, maybe that it would be helpful. And then of course, you know, uh, if, if someone's feeling into something, I can offer, you know, that psychic and spiritual uh, sight, the sight and the vision that I have into something, if somebody asks for that. Mm-hmm. So the, the space is just open. There's no agenda. There's no, I don't say, hey, you know, now we're doing, this or as you said we're now we're with this archetype and now we're with mm. that There's none of that I mean if somebody said okay I want to do this or they have a they see something for themselves then wonderful but it's really just an open uh, container and and that is uh that is ceremony is to just show up and see what happens mm-hmm. you know oftentimes there's so many times in this work that women come in and they think they're going to talk about one thing and they, they they're just in the space where they feel loved and held and then they flow into something that really needed to come out or into something that really wants to be created or so there's no telling in what the power you know of of space sacred space can can become so that's the journey into women and yeah i call out for that once per year um because I like to have the commitment, the commitment for at least a year. So that's, yeah, that's open until like early December. So there's still some time. Awesome. But by the time you put this out, there'll be like a little bit of time. (laughs) So So if you hear it, email. (laughs) That's right. If you're listening to this, jump on it. (laughs) And if people want to learn more about you, um, wait, I have your, well, you know, your website, can you tell us real quick? Yeah. 
Yeah, the website is www.thestorymedicine.com. And the my Instagram is also the story medicine. Excellent. And of course, I will put all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Oh, story medicine. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Oh. I just feel really inspired and um and and fed. So I'm so grateful for your presence and your time. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thanks to all of you as always for listening. I so appreciate you being here and wanting to listen in. And like I said, at the beginning, if you have thoughts, share them with me, this is kind of a weird thing. You know, we just put this out in the world and it's, it is truly delightful when I hear back from you all. So please always feel free to reach out. And of course, if you like the show, you can give it a favorable review. You can tell your friends about it. You can subscribe to it. You can do all those things. And until next time, take good care. And I will be with you again soon. hosted by me, Liz Kelly. You can visit me online at hometoher.com where you can find show notes and other episodes. You can read articles about the sacred feminine and you'll also find a link to join the Home to Her Facebook group for lots more discussion and exploration of her. You can also follow me on Instagram at home to her to keep up to date with the latest episodes. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you back here soon. 